Well, hey, new friends. I'm just jumping in here to say, um, I hope that you feel the same way, as in that we are trauma-exploring pals together with a similar focus on moving forward with, you know, a less fucked-up brain patterning issue and all of that relational destruction. That being said, I'm not a professional. I'm not a crisis worker. I'm just some human who talks about trauma from the inside out, which means any information you hear out of this mouth is for your own personal discrimination, just like a friend's would be. Now, hopefully take this information and work in conjunction with your trauma therapist to figure out what works for you and what's N.A., but this traumatized motherfucker podcast community and social media presence is not meant to be a replacement for trauma therapy. I'm just researching, reflecting on trauma experientially and academically, which means I assume no liability for your getting triggered, enmeshed, or offended, or any of the subsequent trauma reactions thereafter. Me and the other motherfuckers in the blanket fort are here to help to be supportive and to offer acceptance. But boundaries and realistic expectations are important for everyone in the complex trauma game. And while we're at it, my recovery is as important slash exhausting to manage to me as it probably is to you. So I always want to hear from you, your challenges, your successes, and your stories to share them with the entire crew. But please know that I can't therapize you and any crisis situations need to be addressed immediately from an appropriately trained resource. But that being said, if you're searching for personal understanding, support, and maybe some laughs about our truly fucked up brains along the way, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Traumatized Motherfuckers, and I really hope to see more of you. My name is Jess, and let's be clear. I'm just a traumatized motherfucker doing my best. Cheers, y'all. I'll see you at the show. What up, motherfuckers? And subsequently, god damn it. So let me tell you what's up with this episode. I recorded this one day when I was out on a hike in a prairie restoration project that belongs to some old, old family friends, basically adoptive parents of mine. I husky sat for them for over a decade, and they had a sled team of huskies. So I kind of became an unofficial daughter. (laughs) Anyways, I was at their house having a hike, thinking about something that had just happened and kind of trying to place it, why it seemed so meaningful to me. And admittedly, the recording maybe wasn't the highest quality because I'm outside. You hear some wind, you hear a fuck ton of cicadas screaming in the trees, You're going to hear some birds and some footsteps, that sort of thing. So I held off on publishing the episode. In the meantime, my podcasting app went ahead and, I don't know, seems to have lost the beginning couple of minutes of the recording. 
I had split the recording to cut out something that was just kind of a poorly thought out point and didn't need to be there. And I don't know, technology happened as it tends to in my life and lost the beginning first few minutes of the fucking recording. So after I delayed putting it out for this long, then I delayed putting it out for even longer because it's not complete. I considered redoing the whole thing, but I don't want to. I kind of like the things that I had to say that day. And I think I was kind of on point when I was running through these thoughts the first time. I don't want to try to redo it and sound phony, you know? So fuck it. I'm going to put it out. I'm sorry. It jumps in uh, a kind of a weird point. I don't really know what I was saying before this, but you'll get the gist. This episode is about the masks that we wear, trying to hide who we are and the pain that we're experiencing, trying to be, quote, normal and put up fronts for other people. Um, I'm sorry again if you don't like the immersive experience of hearing me walking around, but that's when my brain is working best, so I'm sorry, fuckers. Get over it. If you don't like these episodes, don't listen to them. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I'll figure it out one of these days. Um, that's it. I just wanted to give a quick, uh, sorry, sorry for all the mishaps, but I think that it's still kind of a relatable thing to release so I'm gonna do it and uh if this is unbearable email me and I won't do it anymore okay deal all right here we go let's talk about the masks uh if anything I've always tried to just fade into the background um all throughout school that was basically my only goal I just wanted to be unseen and unbothered if I could, because when I was noticed, it was never positive. And that's true whether we're talking about my family life or my social, quote, social life at school, because there really was no social life at school. I was always kind of one of the outcast kids without even being in the outcast kid group until I fell into my punk rock (laughs) buddies. But before that, I don't know. I feel like my only goal was to be unnoticed, unseen, and therefore unfucked with. I worried about every single thing from raising my hand in class to what I was wearing, not that there was much of a choice because we were super poor. And so I had, I don't know, a handful of shirts and three pairs of pants or something that I cycled through, which is still quite privileged compared to so many kids who only have, you know, the clothes on their back in their name. But I, you know, It was limited, and it was whatever we were given was what we got. And even silly things like if it was raining out, I didn't want to carry an umbrella. (laughs) I remember this distinctly. I wouldn't want to carry like a lunchbox or an umbrella or anything that made me stand out in the slightest. 
like any kind of accessory that might draw attention just to me, to my being, um, made me really uncomfortable. And then at home, I just hid in my room and tried to stay away from everything. <laughs> tried to be unnoticed so I wasn't going to get the negativity hurled my way because if you were in the wrong place at the wrong time, whatever was going on with somebody was about to be going on with you too. And um, the older I got, the more I started relying on more of a masking technique. Instead of trying to fade away as much, I kind of went the opposite direction. And okay, if I'm an outsider, then I'm really going to be an outsider. I'm going to have weird hair. I'm going to get tattoos and piercings as quickly as I can. I'm going to dress in, you know, bold things, unlike what the style was. Now it looks normal. Now all of these kids dress like I used to fucking dress. <laughs> the punk aesthetic really worked its way into modern trends, I guess. But it used to be weird, especially growing up in a super rural and conservative area. Uh, it was not the standard. And I got really good at masking myself with all of that. With projecting this kind of hard exterior. This go ahead, come at me, fuck with me, give me a fucking try kind of attitude that I learned to just broadcast. I, I don't even need to say anything. It's an energy that I still carry with me to this day that I don't feel super aware of. There's times I can feel it, but a lot of times it's just part of me. But people tell me that it's there. <laughs> I'm always told that I'm, you know, I'm intimidating, I'm very hard, I'm very direct. And it kind of like freaks people out, which is hilarious because underneath I'm just this gooey ball of overly loving everybody and <laughs> beating the shit out of myself only. But I also got really involved in masking myself with aspects of my physical appearance, like putting on my face every day, right? It became a huge preoccupation of mine to look as perfect as I could before walking out into the world every day. And that makes sense if you consider that I was going through so many things that were less than ideal behind closed doors, I guess. I felt very out of control all the time because frankly I was when I was younger. I didn't make the decisions that led to where I was. My family did. Um, so the thing I always could control was appearance. I could starve myself and get really, really skinny, which people love. People just want to like grab you and pick you up and <laughs> I don't know, take care of you like a little thing, I guess. And people would just stop and compliment me all the time on 
being so scrawny. Little did they know it wasn't coming from a good place at all. It's not like I was out jogging or doing anything that was healthy for me in all of that time. I barely did anything because I was still at that point, you know, I was terrified of humans and didn't trust that I could go anywhere without being preyed upon. But I was really good at not eating. <laughs> With age, I've gotten not so good at it. When I was younger, I could go a day and not even notice that I hadn't consumed a calorie. And it was another form of control. Um, with everything being so wild and... Sorry, Mom. Unfortunately, with a lot of the anxieties and pressures and tensions and terrible battles I had with my mom, it was a way to kind of stick it to her. A, because she had her own preoccupations with weight and appearance. So fucking watch this. I can do it better. And B, because she was incrementally very strict and very distracted with other things where she didn't pay any attention. It just kind of depended on the day, I feel like. So it was just kind of a game I played with myself. Like, how far can I push this? What extreme can I take this to? And how little can I get? And I also got really obsessive about my hair and my face always being just ideal, like hours every day spent on creating what I wanted to present to the world. And honestly, receiving the feedback that I had never gotten before. When I was younger, I was very bullied for being weird looking and pretty homely. Uh, the kids didn't like me and they made sure that I knew that I was the weird girl or the ugly girl or the horse girl <laughs> or I don't know, you name it. I, I didn't have great self-esteem growing up for reasons. <laughs> being a gangly ginger with buck teeth and a totally flat chest for starters. Um, so I dove deep into learning how to do makeup, learning how to do hair. Uh, I do it all myself, like my hair cutting, my hair dyeing. I got super preoccupied with getting skilled at that and I would do my makeup just like the Instagram makeup that you see these days. That's how I've looked since I was like 15. <laughs> the perfect eyebrows and like the multi-shaded eyeshadow and the fake eyelashes, all of that. The contouring. I've been doing that shit since I was in independent art study and realized that they were all the same techniques as I used to paint. Oh, shit, I can make my face look like whatever I want it to. I know how to do this. Like, I'm an art student. Um, and that was every day. And the older I got, 
the more those skills were used to hide how shitty I was doing, <laughs> how absolutely miserable I was, how little sleep I had gotten that past week, how many hours I had been crying already that day, how <laughs> much sugar I had binged the day before after starving myself for a few, and how puffy and red-eyed I now was because of all of my <laughs> self-sabotage. I wound up in a few different environments, like working in academia, working in a research lab, and supposedly being an authority in the lab. Um, I learned to dress nice. I shed a lot of my punk aesthetic at that point, and I was like a little scientist Barbie, like always always had a nice outfit on, walked in some pointed heeled shoes every single day. I mean, I really went above and beyond to make sure that I couldn't be figured out from the outside upon first glance. The problem is, I don't think it matters that much when you're around other healthy people. I think that they can sense when you are secretly not doing well and you're presenting falsehoods. Um, it seems like there's some kind of maybe a herd mentality where people can sense a wounded critter or they can notice that underneath all of the work that you're doing that there's something missing or that the energy that you project isn't matching the face that they're looking at it never felt genuine I guess is what I'm saying and it it wasn't I feel like that's part of the reason why I've struggled a lot with relationships not only with keeping them because I think that they're formed under different pretenses you know when people think that you're going to be quote a normal happy human and then it turns out that you fall off the face of the earth for weeks or months at a time because you're deeply depressed and isolating or when you've always been super chill <laughs> That's hilarious. People at first, when they know me, they're like, you're so chill. You're really cool. Just nothing bothers you. And it's like, motherfucker, everything bothers me. Everything bothers me. I just know how to like, if I'm in the right place, I can put up a front about it. Or people I'm like, you're so tough. I wish that I could be tough like you. You've just got this, this energy. And it's like, yeah. It's a self-defense energy that I've built up so that people don't fuck with me because I'm over it. <laughs> like, I've had enough of that in my life. I learned that from my family. Just act tough, like go to public school and scare them instead of being scared of them. Uh, 
when people see any of that crack, like the first time I have a bad day, the first time I get anxious and I'm not super cool and chill anymore, or the first time that they cross one of my boundaries and I pop off on them in an instant, because I also learned that from my family. Um, when people upset you, it is free game to tell them anything you want. You let out your real feelings as soon as somebody challenges you, which is not how relationships are going to work. <laughs> um, when people see any of that, I think it shakes them. I think it's hard for them to understand because plenty of us have been through depression and anxiety, but I think there's maybe more of like an intense urgency to it with this complex trauma bullshit. Like it can be so overwhelming because it feels like things are coming at you from all directions, literally from your past, from your future, from every stimuli in your day it's overwhelming and there are times when you can kind of float above it and keep your shit together and be cool and chill and an awesome punk rock girl and then there are times when you are terrified of everything you're horribly preoccupied with what everyone's thinking and saying you don't have faith that the future and the past are okay you don't feel like you are strong and capable of making changes and the whole time that you're having these deep internal existential crises you have dumb shit popping up like my life is plagued by stupid mishaps I, th I think a lot of us feel that maybe it's normal maybe we just ruminate more on them but it seems like a lot of traumatized motherfuckers have what they would describe as shit luck just if it can go wrong it will go wrong all the time again maybe we bring that on ourselves maybe we just focus on it too much I'm not sure but I know that a normal day for me where I just have to do regular people stuff is often a lot more complicated and stressful and difficult than one would ever imagine. Uh, so you bring all that together, throw in some social pressure, and you lose your shit, right? You finally break, the mask comes off, or there's just a crack in the door where people see what's really underneath. And I don't think they know how to respond. I think because we do such a good job hiding everything for so long, telling people that we are fine, telling people that we're doing well, that everything is on track, that we are working our asses off and feeling great about it, like good little worker bees, that there's some stuff with the family, but you just smile and grin through it, right? Grin and bear it. Um, that we are figuring it out that no we're doing okay <laughs> well fuck i mean okay is a really relative term in this lifetime 
when you have all of this shit going on all the time, when there are long periods in your life where you would rather die than to keep going through another fucking day of it, um, okay really doesn't land at the same place on the scale as it does for other people. And after years of telling people, you've got this, you're good, when you aren't, I think it pushes people away very quickly. Unless you happen to find the right people, the people who can actually get it, the people who've been there, the people who've been waiting to have someone to talk to about the same kind of things. There just aren't that many folks who broadcast it, who are willing to take off that mask. I believe it's a lot more common than we know. And based on the mail that I get from listeners, there are so many of us out there who are feeling unheard and anchorless and like we aren't allowed to talk about things and like we are the only ones who are feeling like these fucking imposters every day the only ones who are plagued with these flashbacks and these triggered emotions that come out of nowhere and days when you just can't even get out of bed and days when you're too fucking scared to leave the house and years when you lose everybody that you love and weeks when you can't control your own fucking behaviors and you find yourself ruining your own life over and over again there are a lot of us it's not unique the experience is unique when you keep it hidden and when you double down on your belief that you aren't allowed to talk about it or that it's too much because of that history of other people fleeing the second that you let them see what's going on underneath and what a fucking betrayal that feels like right right like after hiding for so long, for decades, for some of us, keeping everything as quiet as possible and just being good friends to other people and supporting them and then finally feeling like you're in a place where you trust each other and you can be real with them, you can be honest. And then having people just turn on their heels and fucking leave. Oh my God, that has taught me so many times to just keep my fucking mouth shut. That's the reason why I stopped ever telling anybody what my life was like. I had enough early experiences where I would open up about my home life, about my dad or my brother, and people would just leave, like... (laughs) talk about it one day, never hear from them again. Even though that conversation, it felt like they were understanding. It felt like uh, 
we were reaching a new level of like friendship commitment and transparency uh it just breaks you i've had that with friendships with romantic relationships i feel that strongly i've experienced that too many times in my opinion <laughs> And it's the reason why when people meet me, uh, they have to ask about my early life. I'm never going to tell them. <laughs> I've had friends who I've known, they've been what I considered my best friends for like two years. And then I'm like, oh yeah, well now that you've asked, uh, let's sit down and have this conversation about my drug addicted homicidal dad. Um, okay. Sure, let's talk about getting all my shit stolen my whole life by my brother and growing up in an environment where verbal and physical abuse was just normal. Let's do it. And to this day, I still feel like it's a difficult line to tread. I'm not saying that I go around and talk about any of this in my regular life with people because that's false. Most people in my life don't know that I have this project at all. <laughs> I don't think I've ever admitted that. I don't talk about this with people. You know how I get on here and you think that I'm brave because I'm speaking about my experience? Motherfuckers, that's because I'm talking to a bunch of strangers all over the world. <laughs> um, when people connect with me from the other side of the planet and tell me that it helps to hear about my experience, that's real cool. It's fucking sweet. But um, I would be a fraud if I didn't tell you that my closest friends and family don't know this about me still. <laughs> shit. I have another mask to take off, don't I? Uh, painful realization. I don't know. I've just been reflecting on this a lot, on how far I've come with taking off the mask literally and metaphorically. These days, I'm not the same physical appearance perfectionist that I used to be. Some of it is still there, you know, I still struggle a lot with weight issues especially. I like to be a little skin and bones, tiny human. That's how I feel comfortable, that's how I see myself, and that's when I'm happiest, and when I'm most physically comfortable for some reason. Um, but I don't go through the same horrific marathon length attempts to hide the rest of me. Like, I don't spend hours in front of the mirror every day anymore. I don't go through all of the hubbub with hair and makeup and hiding my bags and trying to make my eyes look less red and puffy and all of that shit. But some of that is just from not having to go be in an environment 
where I'm being a phony. Not having to report to work because I'm currently uh, self-employed as a poor independent contractor. I think that helps. The other thing that's helping is actually taking care of myself. Having things coming from the outside uh, doesn't really help. That's not an articulate sentence. Let me rephrase that. When you are painting your appearance onto your face, like I said, I think it still shows through. I think people can see the cracks. And I had a really cool thing happen the other day. Somebody in my life told me that I was looking like I wasn't sad. <laughs> I'm downplaying this a little bit. Somebody who I've known for my entire life, she's been a family friend since I was a little kid, told me that I'm looking fabulous, which I don't get that word ever. I don't look fabulous. Um, and she told me, you can tell when people are sad or unhappy and either you aren't or you've learned how to mask it with your glow. Sorry about the airplane overhead. Um, she, I've never heard those words before. No one has ever described me as having a glow of looking healthy because I've always managed to look good and look pulled together, but I have not looked healthy. When you're starving yourself and you're consumed with your appearance, with putting makeup on your face and stressing yourself out over every calorie you eat and every interaction you have and every perceived judgment that you're experiencing throughout your day, you don't look good. You don't fucking glow, right? That just, it's been boggling my mind for a few days. I've been reflecting on what the fuck is she talking about and how. And I mean, really the difference is I'm not going through all the steps doing all the shit because I don't need to because there is something brighter in me these days. <laughs> um, there is a, a freedom from a lot of the shit. Not all of it. Definitely not all of it. But from a lot of the things that have plagued me. Like, I sleep at night now. That's a big one. I am active. I take care of myself. I jog. I eat very well. Very clean. I've stopped drinking and smoking. And I think that my emotions are little by little being put into more manageable places that I understand. I have more distance from them. And I can't say that it doesn't help me a great deal to be fucking honest, to be able to write and speak about what I'm really going through. I do think that takes a, a load off of me, and I do think that it helps me to process the shit that I'm trying to work on 
and the things that have been hanging out from my past. So I think taking off this mask in the metaphorical sense of being vulnerable and open and accountable with myself and to other people. I think that's helped me to take off a lot of that physical mask too. To be comfortable walking around without makeup, to do my fucking first pathetic attempts at YouTube videos. Go check those out if you guys want to fucking laugh because like usual I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just doing it before I chicken out. I have been doing them sans makeup and right after my morning jogs when I'm in a good spiritually centered place. Um, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> How do I feel okay with that? You have to understand that up in even five years ago, I was apologizing to my best friends for having to see me without makeup on my face. That's real. Uh, <laughs> it's not something that I do. It's not something I've ever been comfortable with. I've always been so ashamed knowing that people think one thing and I feel another and having this dialogue in my head that you think I'm attractive or I have it together because you just don't know. You don't know all of the ugliness that's underneath. That really fucks with you. It gives you, I don't know, it's, I never had high self-esteem no matter how many compliments I was paid or how much positive attention I got because I didn't believe any of it. It was all based on some fucking lies. And I don't know, maybe this is my first genuine compliment that I received the other day. <laughs> maybe that's why it stuck with me. Maybe that's why I'm actually speaking about it. And when she gave me that feedback, my response was, oh my God, thank you so much. Rather than being uncomfortable and telling her she was wrong because <laughs> that's my normal response is to be like, yeah, I know you think that, that's nice. That's nice that you think that. Uh, I don't agree. <laughs> It just feels like everything is all tied together. Improving my mental health has improved my physical health and vice versa. And being able to talk about this shit and knowing that other people are hearing it and saying, that's me too. That's me. You're in my head. How? How? That has been helping me as much as it's hopefully been assisting you guys somehow. Also, I need to stop saying that. I always say, I hope it's somehow helping. It's somehow, because that's just another mask. Um, the apologizing woman mask. It is helping people. It is finding the people who are connecting to it. Just hearing that you aren't alone and that you can take off your fucking costume. That's helping. <laughs> that's all I ever would have wanted when I was younger. That's what I was so desperately searching for. 
and never could find and wound up getting more abandoned and bruised and battered in the process and learned to silence myself, to shut myself the fuck up, to keep it all inside, to bottle it down, to push it away, and then to go look in the mirror and try to patch up my face so no one could fucking tell. Alright guys, mask off if you want to go check out (laughs) my dumb face all sweaty and several days after showering please go check out my dumb youtube video i have no clue i'm not a video producer and i can't take on another role right now (laughs) if you want to rap at me about whatever you're going through however you're doing today or have been doing in your life go for it find me at t-mfrs.com I also recommend you hop into the Discord community where it's okay to holler at everybody that it's a shit day, you're feeling ashamed, you're struggling and hating yourself and feeling completely alone and stupid in the whole venture. Here for it. Here for you. Take off your fucking mask. And, I don't know, maybe fucking let yourself glow. (laughs) Alright guys, that ended cheesy. I'll talk to you later. Bye. You think it's shortlit moments We can't do anything The fucking joke is We're winning when you blink It's shortlit moments Lousy with victory